an official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Artists have this definition of success where they believe they need millions of fans. They believe they need to sell out a world tour, sell out arenas to be successful. But really, if you can cut out all the middlemen and if you can figure out how to monetize your music, then all of a sudden you can eat and you can support yourself with a few hundred fans, you know? That's how I felt. Like for me, it was like, oh, we got Bun B on a song. Like, like you said, I already won. Yup, Jay Z uh, has a, has a crypto punk. That's right. Um, there's a American football player named Odell Beckham Jr. He's got a crypto punk. <laughs> yo what's going on man Chill, yo man. i'm sorry to keep you waiting a couple minutes i had to get a couple things straightened out but i'm good i'm glad to be here yo man yo this is an honor like i, I just want to say thank you for doing this yo my name is dj semsex this is the hip-hop raise me podcast right now i'm joined by spotty wi-fi very 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 special artist very unique doing some incredible things and yo, Spotty, man, let's just get it out in the open. What makes you different from every other rapper in the world? Well, the truth is I am the world's only, the first best and only crypto punk rapper ever in history. So what that means is basically crypto punks are a collection of 10,000 NFTs. Okay. Yep. So they're 10,000 little characters. Okay. And I was the first rapper ever to buy one of these characters, buy one of these NFTs and say, you know what? I'm going to embody this character. I'm going to create a storyline, a persona, and I'm going to create music from the perspective of this persona. And, and that's what makes me different. Yo, yo, how's it going right now? It's going great, man. It's going really great. You know, I put out my first song in August. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I put, put out my first song in April. Hmm. Uh, I released the album as an NFT in August. We hmm. sold 2,000 albums uh, for about $96 a piece. You bought it with cryptocurrency, but it was about $96 uh, equivalent a piece. It sold out in under a minute. And now I'm actually promoting my first single uh, since the album, which is uh, All Time High, featuring the legendary Bun B. And we have an NFT drop for that song on Monday, uh, November 15th. So we're, wow. we're just pushing forward, you know, full steam ahead, man, just continuing to build. Spotty, man. Like, please, please bear with me on this today, right? Because, you know, I'm a DJ. You know, I love hip hop. 
I've been doing interviews for years. I DJ, I do radio, I do podcasts, I make music, I do everything, right? And, you know, when when it was vinyl, I made the transition to CD. When it was MP3s, I made that transition quick. Streaming, eh, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I'm still in MP3s. I need them for when I DJ and everything else. So what, what I'm saying is as a DJ, I've moved with the times, right? Now... I, I know what cryptocurrency is. Like I've dabbled, you know, made some profit, made some dough. But with with NFTs, I've bought some, and and I'm kind of I'm still learning about it. Like I'm I'm being honest. I'm not embarrassed to say that. But but for the benefit of the people who are listening right now, you know, who may not understand this 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 whole NFT thing, and I I know, you know, the, the definitions out there, but. But can you just like, from your perspective, just give an overview of what it is? Because what you're doing is totally different. You're a pioneer in the space. And it'd be good to hear it from yourself rather than some guy on some social media page, expert, clubhouse expert, not another one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no doubt, man. So the way I like to think about it and the way I like to explain it, an NFT is a digital certificate of authenticity, okay? So I bought this JPEG. I bought this picture of this CryptoPunk, which I'm using as my face right now. And anybody could take a screenshot of it, right? Anybody could copy and paste it or right click, save it. Okay. And that's fine. But I have the digital certificate of authenticity. I and that that lets the whole world know that I own the original. Okay, mm. that's it's really that's that's really the fundamentals of it. It's a digital certificate of authenticity. Okay, mm. now when you talk about the evolution from vinyl to CDs to MP3s to streaming, the question becomes what what is the difference for an artist? What is the benefit of an NFT? Right. Mm. So the benefit is. With an MP3, all I can give you is the ability to listen to the music. That's all an MP3 gives you, right? Right. And then I have no visibility of who you send it to, uh, who you share it with, who you email it to, etc. But with an NFT, I can actually do much more sophisticated things. I can give you more value. I can actually give you, for example, a copyright license. So... Instead of just being able to listen to the music, if you own my NFT, you can now actually monetize my music. You can put it, you, you can show the whole world, I have a certificate of authenticity that says, I got this directly from Spotty Wi-Fi and I have permission to put this in my podcast or in my TV show, my mm. film, my video game, my advertisement, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what I've been doing with my NFTs because we know, and you know, it's very difficult right now. And for many years, it has been difficult to sell MP3s, right? Mm. Because again, the MP3 just lets you listen to the music. And in the digital age, it's very easy to copy an MP3 and it's very difficult to control that. But all of a sudden with the NFT, I can give you much more than the ability to listen to the music. Mm. And basically, you know, if, if anybody's interested, you can you can learn more about it. But it uses the technology 
called blockchain. And this is the technology that powers Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. Uh, and so the same the same technology that uh, allows uh, Bitcoin to be so strong and secure and for people to know that this is a real Bitcoin, it's not a counterfeit. That's the same thing that enables an NFT uh, for anybody to look at it and say this is authentic and it's not a counterfeit. Hmm. Okay. It's revolutionary, right? It's, it's, it's totally transformative. You know, we never had this technology before. Um, and basically now, as an artist, I have new ways that I can be creative. It's not just about my lyrics anymore. It's not just about my flow. It's not just about my beat selection. I can actually get creative in how I distribute the music, how I provide value to the fans. And check this out, okay? Everything is public. It's all traceable. I can see who, I can see which digital wallets have my NFT, okay? Now they may be anonymous, but I can see who, I can see how many people have my NFT, how many they have, things like that. So I can actually send them more content down the road as okay. like a, you know, as a reward, as a fan club, things like that. I can use this uh, to, to continue that relationship with my fans. And another benefit for the artist, if you own my NFT and then you sell it on a secondary market, I can get a commission or a royalty from that. Okay. Now you've sold vinyl, you've sold, you've sold CDs. I've sold CDs. If somebody resells it, there's no way for you to know when that happens or to collect a royalty, right? So this is revolutionary in that way as well. Incredible. You know, so with vinyl, you know, you'd buy it. And my problem with vinyl was it would either scratch or, you know, every time I would DJ overseas, I'd end up losing a crate of records. Like it, whether it's on the way there or on the way back, it was like punishment, man. It's like it's just like punishment for being a DJ. Like, yep, today you're gonna lose a crate, right? And and all them records that I, I've I've searched for and spent money on and planned out sets gone, right? And no one cares. Like, no one wants to hear my pain. They don't want to hear my woes. <laughs> like, right? So I went through that era. CDs great, they but they used to get scratched and everything. MP3s great. I, I, and and the interesting thing is with with an MP3 is that it can be sent and you know in, you know there was a, for a while we were buying MP3s of iTunes or wherever or whatever and uh, you know they can be duplicated sent out and everything and it's endless you could buy one MP3 and ten thousand people could end up having it and no one would ever know like you said and I don't like streaming because with streaming you don't own anything we're basically we're venting like a moment. Like, I don't like that. I, I like to own things. As a DJ, I like to own things. So with with the whole concept of NFT, it's fascinating because it is all about ownership for you, for other people and, and everything else, and you benefit. Um, but but let's say I was to buy an album as an NFT. How do I listen to it? Because I, I like iTunes. I still use it. I like Spotify now and then, you know, when I'm traveling. So how would if if I bought your album, how would I listen to it? Well, what's so funny is you don't, in my case, for me specifically, you don't have to buy the NFT to listen to my music. Um, 
I actually give out my MP3s for free. So right. if, if you go if you go on my Twitter, there's a link to my Discord, and in there, anybody in the world can download all of my MP3s for free. And that's actually something that my collectors, uh, my fans, they voted that they wanted to do that. Really? Because they under, they understand that it's very hard to sell MP3s and it's better to just give them away because, again, that just allows you to listen to the music. And guess what? I want you to listen to the music. I want everybody to listen to the music, right? Because that actually enhances the value of my NFTs. Because remember, the NFTs give give my collectors the ability to monetize or license the songs. So the more people that know the songs, the more valuable that becomes. Okay. Right. But I also did something else interesting for my NFTs because a lot of collectors that collect NFTs, a lot of them also come from the physical world of collecting and collectibles, yeah, yeah. right? So if you own one of my NFTs, you can also sign up. We're actually doing this later this month you'll be able to sign up to receive a physical vinyl record. So it doesn't, it doesn't have to replace the vinyl, you know, uh, it, just like any certificate of authenticity. Normally we think of a certificate of authenticity as something that accompanies a physical object, right? Mm. So in my case, part of the utility of the NFT is it's a digital certificate of authenticity for a physical vinyl record that I'm going to send out. Right. Okay. Let's call what you're doing now the new world, right? Let's just say for now, right? Spotify Wi-Fi is in the new world. Before you were Spotify Wi-Fi in the old world, what what was your experience like as a rapper? Because you haven't just started in the last six months. Like, yo, you're, you're dope. Like, well, you've been doing it for a minute, right? So... Yeah, what was what was that? What was it like pre Spotty Wi-Fi? So I was a full-time musician and songwriter and rapper several years ago. Uh, I've been in rap groups. I've been in bands. I've been a solo artist. I've toured. Um, I was signed to a major publishing house. Um, and basically, I just got burnt out. You know, I had a manager that was taking more money than he was supposed to be taking. Uh, my publishing deal was not a good deal. And so in 2013, I pretty much walked away from music feeling very burnt out. And I just took it. Yeah. And I just took a day job, you know, so I was just working and I still wanted to write. Um and I still I wrote some verses here and there, but I, I actually went several years without writing a single song. Mm -hmm. And 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 then this year, this year, I discovered this world of NFTs. I bought this character, this crypto punk. And that's when I got this crazy idea, because I saw people using their crypto punks as an avatar. And a lot of times the people that have an avatar like this, they'll be anonymous or they don't use their real name, right. but they, people listen to them. People want to hear what they have to say because it's so different. And the, the crypto punk signals to the world that they know something or they're right. early, they're early to something, you know? And I thought that was really interesting. And my, my wheels started turning and I said, man, I, 
I don't see anybody doing anything musically with this yet, you know, and and it's like an instant audience. I, you will have an instant audience because people are interested in this, you know, and uh, that's when I said, you know what, I want to make this a character. I don't want to just be me talking with an avatar. I want to become the avatar, you know, and um, the story with this character is these spots on the face that actually makes my crypto punk quite rare. There are 10,000 crypto punks, only 124 have spots. Wow. But a lot of people, a lot of people don't like the spots because they think it looks ugly, you know? So they were actually like undervaluing the spots and like it, it was relatively more affordable than other crypto punks that are similarly rare. And so when I was thinking of a name, I knew the spots had to be very central to the identity of this character, you know? And then one day the name just hit me, Spotty Wi-Fi. And uh, I wrote a song called I'm Spotty. I put that out in April and, uh, and and people embraced it. And I just kept making music until I had an album. Wow, it's crazy. Look, I, you know, I've, I've DJed on my life, right? I couldn't imagine the lockdown hurt me because it was the longest I've ever gone without DJing. I couldn't, I think it affected me more than I realized because I was like, like I love being on stage, the crowd, the turn up, and everything else. So, so when 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 we came out of lockdown and started doing the first few events, that shit was mad emotional. I couldn't imagine not DJing for seven years. Like, did it was did the game affect you that much that that you took a seven year hiatus? Yeah, um, it was also like I'll be honest, I was just fortunate, you know, like. I, I got a, I, I had a, I had a, a fortunate circumstance where when I got out of music, I landed in a good spot. Like I was able to get a good job. You know, I, I was working in marketing, um, advertising, and it's fun. Like I enjoyed what I was doing in marketing. You know, I was working on partnerships with like, you know, the NBA, the NFL, uh, partnerships with Twitch, you know, gaming companies, and sports and music, music partnerships. So part of what attracted me to the music industry was still fulfilled by what I was doing, but it was also corporate and it was very like all the, all the corporate BS, you know? So, uh, this, this um, return to music for me was at, at a great time because I was also getting sick of the corporate world, you know, and I also lost my job last year. You know, I was working at an ad agency and when COVID happened, I got furloughed and eventually I got laid off. And um, thankfully, I had been I had been buying crypto since like late 2017. And finally, the crypto started to rise and appreciate you know so that was actually like my life raft last year and then in january of this year is when i started learn seeing and reading about nfts and thankfully i had some crypto that that had finally increased in value so when i bought my crypto punk i was just thinking like this is a way to like mix it up and diversify right. you know what, what i have in crypto right so with with what you're doing you know, I'm 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 in the hip hop scene in the UK. Like I I I interview everybody from whether it's the US or Australia or Africa, like different countries in Africa. Um, 
the hip hop fan base, audience, community, is it different in the NFT world than what it is in, you know, the traditional world? Is it a different type of fan? Dude, that's such a great question. You know, um, I think that it's it's a little bit hard for me to say exactly, but I think it's more alike than I think it's more similar than different. You know, uh, it's it's uh, it's definitely a much more techie crowd. People that are really interested in technology, um, people that are really interested in innovation. But I think my my fans and my collectors like they love music and they love hip hop as much as I think any rappers fans really, you know, and I actually I think I have a really diverse audience too. like we did a poll one time. We wanted to figure out like what types of artists people would want to see me collaborate with, you know, and I was surprised that we had a lot of people that are like into younger rappers like we have a lot of chance the rapper fans i discovered i thought it was going to be mostly like more (laughs) older older heads you know i thought it was going to be more like old school fans and whatnot Mm. we had a lot of chance the rapper fans we also have a lot of bun b fans you know Mm. who i have a new song with we have a lot of wu-tang fans so Mm. it's really diverse and um I, i i have i have people in my in my community in my discord and on twitter that introduce me to new music you know Mm. so uh, it's definitely a unique audience because the NFT world is sort of the intersection of art and technology and also investment and finance, you know. So it's a real melting pot of different types of backgrounds. Um, but with me specifically, my fans, they really love uh, hip hop. And and I think that, you know, that's why they that's why they know about me early because I don't have a huge audience. You know, what's funny is when I sold my album, I said I sold 2000 for about $96 each, right? That that's not I had about 700 people that bought those 200 uh, 2000 albums. So the average collector bought 3. So that's only 700 collectors, you know. Now it's up to like now it's up to like 780, something like that. Wow. But for me, for me to make that much revenue on Spotify, I would need like 45 million spins. Okay. I have fewer than 10,000 spins on the whole internet. So like what, what I'm trying to communicate to you is my fans, they're super early, you know, because I have such a small fan base even now, you know, so they're not just looking at it as an investment necessarily. They really are music fans and hip hop fans because that's how they discovered me because they're so early. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's extra help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. You may have heard of the podcast Juicy Scoop. Wondered what it is? Why aren't you listening? Well, I'm its host. Created it, been doing it for seven years. 
I'm Heather McDonald of Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald. Now, I could tell you why you should be listening to my show, but my listeners wanted to write the ad for me, and here are some of the things they said. Not your regular Juicy podcast. Catch up on all the juicy topics from Hollywood and pop culture to true crime and beyond. Heather McDonald's Juicy Scoop always has great guests, great laughs, and great gossip. It's a comedian's take on the hottest headlines. Juicy Scoop is the pop culture news you want to hear. No BS, no filter, no filler. Raw, real, and in the moment. Throw in the hilarity of amazing comedians that you'll instantly be obsessed with, a juicy crime story, and a dash of normal life in L.A. moments, and you've got yourself an amazing week of Juicy Scoop. Two episodes every week, every Tuesday and Thursday. It will never let you down. So for me... I've been paying attention to what you do. I don't know how I stumbled across what was going on. Um, and again, the main thing, like, when, when when I came across your page, I was like, yeah, but how do I listen to a music NFT? You know, because I know, I know there's other rappers that have, you know, there's, there's people who've done it and it's not done it very well because they don't really understand what it is or whatever. But my thing is, a fan of music, if I start buying music NFTs, how am I going to listen to it? Like, is the... NFT music player yet or something. I don't know. So I, excuse my ignorance, right? So Yeah, yeah. So so that's why I was just like, all right, I was watching. You know, I bought some NFTs, I bought a few Afro droids. I like that. I like what it's about and everything else. But but I was like, when I saw you collaborate with Bun B, I was like, no, 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 we gotta talk. Because see when Bun B Bun B's <laughs> Bun B's like the warden. Bun B's like, yeah, this guy's new. This guy's coming through. Like, Bun B was one of the first people to rap with Drake, you know, in the So Far Gone mixtape. Um, this group called Kids in the Hall. Like, it, there was a point where every new act that was coming through, they got a Bun B feature. And, and Bun B, you know, he's, he's a legend. He's certified. Very, very sick rapper. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, like, we need to talk. So, um, yeah, yo, it's hard, man. The track's hard. Like, I, I love the fact that he's going in. I love the fact he's talking about crypto. Yo, bro, he's... You know when I was talking about moving with the times? He's he's, he's in 2024 right now. It's, and it's dope. It's dope that you guys collaborated like that. How did you connect? So, uh, it's so funny. Uh, first of all, I felt the same way. You know, he's like... Uh, like you said, he's he's... Having the stamp of approval from Bun B is an incredible feeling, you know. Mm. Um, I, I was thinking about like when T.I., when he put out an album called King, you know, he had to have Bun on the introduction track, mm -hmm. you know, on the first track, things like that. And, and like the other examples you shared. But basically, I have a friend in Chicago who runs an indie label, an indie record label. And he's done, he has a great network, you know, he's done all sorts of collabs with his artists and with other artists. And um, after my album sale in August, I hit him up and I said, look, this is what we did with my album. And now I need to, I need to use collaboration to legitimize myself to a broader audience and to introduce introduce what I'm talking about and NFTs to a broader audience, you know? So he gave me a short list of artists that he has a good relationship with who he thought might be open to a collaboration, you know? And Bun was on that list and we put it to a vote actually with for my token holders, my collectors. I wanted them to help me decide who we would reach out to first, you wow. know? 
And so um, it's very, it was very democratic, you know, because of course, I mean, I love Bun. I, I loved every artist on the list that, that, that my friend gave me. Um, so then we ended up reaching out to Bun and Bun was just super receptive. You know, he's hip to NFTs. He understands NFTs. He actually did a really dope NFT before, which was not like a lot of the mainstream artists, they're coming into NFTs now and they're doing what we would call like a cash grab, you know, right. and it's very like, yeah. it's very like low effort and trying yeah. to ask for a lot of money. And he yeah. did something before that was very legit. It was very authentic. He rapped mm. over this beat called a Euler beat. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a niche thing. It's a, you right. can, you can check it out. But anyways, I knew he was going to understand what we we're trying to accomplish because I saw that he did this other project. And dude, he was so cool to work. He is so cool to work with. Like he gave me total trust. You know, uh, he I sent him the song. He liked the song. I told him, you know, we want to do this artwork. We have a DreamWorks animator that wants to animate the artwork. We want to portray you. We want to illustrate you next to me um, as like a regular person. We want to do one where we're astronauts. We want to do one where we're aliens. We want to do all this crazy stuff. And I was kind of nervous to ask him because I'm asking a legend like, you know, yeah. can we draw you? Can we draw you with green skin, you know, as an alien? Yeah. And he was just like, man, he gave me total trust and a lot of freedom creatively and just said, you know, like, you know, your audience, you know, the NFT world better than me. And um, that's that's what made it able to happen and happen so quickly, you know, so it's a total honor. You know, what I love about all time high is the energy on the track. Like the way that the way that you're rapping, it sounds like you've won. It just sounds like you've won. And then, so you do your verse. Bumby does a verse, kills it. It's like I said, it's like 24, 20, 20, 24 verse. Like he's in the future with that. Yes, sir. And and it's again the the metaphors, the dope. We talk about crypto and everything else. Yo, I'm like, this is some new shit. Like, cause cause you know, like I. We've all grown up hearing Jay-Z and, you know, other rappers talk about this. And, you know, in the UK, there's a lot of talk about Richard Millet watches and APs and all of this stuff and everything else. But, yo, that that flexing about the NFTs and the crypto and, you know, making gains and everything else, like, that's some new shit. It's dope to hear. And, and what I love is your outro. Your outro, yeah, is the victory lap. It just sounds like you won. You're winning. It's dope. Man, I appreciate that, bro. I appreciate that from like a proper hip hop head, a DJ. Like that means a lot, you know, because um, that's how I felt about it. You know, like I get a, I get a lot of people, not a lot, but I, I get mixed mixed reactions. You know, there are some hip hop purists who they look at what I'm doing and they they call it a gimmick, you know. Um, and there's a lot of people that saw my album and they think it's a fluke. And there's definitely a lot of people that are skeptical about NFTs in general. Mm. They see NFTs and they think already like bad things, bad energy, you know. So um, that's how I felt. Like for me, it was like, oh, we got Bun B on a song. Like like you said, I already won. You know, they can say what they want. They, they can say what they want now. But years from now, the history books will reflect. Oh, yeah, and they yeah, will, they will you know, they will know because this trend is not going away. It's like, yeah. is the world going to get more digital or is the world going to get less digital? I think it's going to get more digital 
You yeah. know, I think what you're what you're looking at right now, you're going to see more of this, you know, and what you're listening to in the substance and the lyrics like rappers have been talking about flexing, like you said, rollies and whips and yeah. money and bands and, and all that. That's not going anywhere, yeah, but yeah, it's going yeah. digital. It's going digital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I love the 8-bit remix as well. Well, it's not a remix, but the 8-bit version. Crazy. Man, like, thank you. I mean, like, yeah. So so, so basically, you know, people put music out. They put a record out. They might do a remix or something. What, what, what made you want to put out, you know, the rap version and the 8-bit version at the same time? Like, I thought that was dope. It was crazy. Okay, so... It was actually inspired by when I was bought my experience of shopping for NFTs. When I bought my CryptoPunk, you know, I was looking at the different traits or the different attributes. Uh, some have spots, some have uh, different attributes. I have a baseball cap, you know, uh, some have different color hair, different skin tones, whatever. And that's a very popular thing in NFTs. People like to shop and try to find something that's rare. You know, they want to find something that's rare and they want to find something that is uh, that looks in a way that they find appealing. Right. So I was thinking, like, for my NFT music, how do I do that musically? How do I have rarity? How do I have traits that people can sort by? And um, the way that we came up with it, we were like, let's make three versions of a song and then let's mash them up, you know, and we'll have a bunch of different versions with different traits. And some will be more common and some will be more rare. So like with my first song, we did the first version. We call that the rap edition. We did an 8-bit edition. And then we did an emo rock edition. Okay. And all the vocals are the same. It's just the music changes and you get different right. vibes. And right. then we take, we take the drums, we take the bass, and we take all the other instruments in three different buckets and we mix and match. And so you have three categories of instruments, three different genres, and three times three times three is 27. So you get 27 different combinations of a song. And that's what we did with my first song, and it's what we did with the Bun B song, All Time High. So it's not just really one song. It's actually a collection of 27 different versions, right? And so on, on Monday, November 15th, when this goes live, You'll be able to purchase one, but it's like a gumball machine. It's like you're putting a quarter in the gumball machine. You don't know which flavor you're going to get. You know, you might get one flavor that's more common. You get, you might get one flavor where there's literally only one NFT with that version of the song in it. Right. That's dope. That's dope. All right. So today is Monday, 15th of November. How, how do I buy... An NFT of this, how do I do it? Like, what would I have to do? So you go to spottywifi.com. Okay, that's where it'll take place. Um, in your time zone, it'll actually be late at night. It'll be 7.30 p.m. on the East Coast of the United States. Um, you have to, there, there's a plug-in. If you use your, whatever browser you use, uh, there's a plug-in called MetaMask. Yep. This is basically a it's basically a cryptocurrency wallet, and it also is a wallet for your NFTs. And so you'll want to get this wallet called MetaMask. You put some cryptocurrency into it uh, called Ethereum. Ethereum is the cryptocurrency. And then you go to my website, and that's how you can buy. My website, you just connect your, your MetaMask 
plug in directly to my website and then you can purchase. That's the very short answer, right? If you're interested, you know, you want to, you want to Google MetaMask and you want to Google how to get some Ethereum, but uh, you have, you probably have to do a little bit more research, but that's the very uh, simplified answer. So, so just to be clear, is, is there going to be only 27 versions or is it like, how does it like, do you have to bid for it or is it, how does it work? So yes, there are only 27 versions, but there are actually 4,000 total NFTs because right. uh, some of them, some of them uh, are duplicates, right? right, um, right, right. Only, only a few of them are one of one, right? right. Um, and you're not really bidding. Uh, the price is 0 0.05 Ethereum. So it's one set price yeah, for yeah. all of them. And um, that's, that's it. So you just go there when it's, when it, when the sale launches and right. you need 0 0.05 Ethereum and then you can purchase. Okay. What if there's 10,000 people on standby to do it? Is that, is that how, is it, you know what I, you know what I hate is, is Nike. Like when a new shoe drops and like you're just about to buy it and yeah, it's gone. Like you've been, you know, trying to get online for a minute. Is it like that? Like, how does it work? That is how it was with my album in August. Um, to be honest with you, selfishly, I really hope it's like that on Monday. I don't know if it's going to be <laughs> like that on Monday, though. Um, you know, when, when I said... Um, I don't want to get too confusing, but there's 4,000 total NFTs, right? Right. And I have 2,000 of my first album. And I'm right. actually giving anybody that has my first album, they get to get one of these new ones for free, this new wow. Bun B track, this new NFT for free. So actually out of 4,000, only about 2,000 of them are going to be available for public sale. Right. The rest are the rest are reserved. Um, right. So, on the one hand, it's a small number. It's less. It's two thousand or less that are going to be available for sale. On the other hand, most of my biggest fans they're going to get it for free. Right. So it's really a big it's really a big experiment, man. I don't know. I don't know exactly how it's going to go. I don't right. know if it's going to sell out in sixty seconds like the last right. one. Um, but I really I really hope that we sell out because. I want to make Bun proud, you know. I'm yeah, very excited yeah, yeah. that I got him on the song, and um, and and I, I hope that we can have a great success story. So, uh, you know, if you have any Ethereum, if you're a music head, if you like Bun B, you know, I hope you'll check out the song. It's on all streaming platforms right now. You can listen to it, and I right. hope you'll consider consider adding the NFT to your collection. Okay, okay, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um. The only other person that I've seen with a crypto punk, Jay-Z, he's put one in his AV, right? Yup, Jay-Z uh, has, has a crypto punk, that's right. Um, there's an American football player named Odell Beckham Jr. He's got a crypto punk. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong, but I think Trey Songs has a crypto punk. I'm not sure. But um, you know, yeah, there there are some there are some people that that are household names that have them. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see if if anybody starts to use them as their uh, their their personality for music. You know, because I think that'll happen. It just might take some time. 
I heard that the, the crit, like the cheapest one was like right now was like thirty five thousand dollars or something. I don't, I don't know. Like that was a couple of months ago. It's probably more now. But with what you've done with yours, how much would yours be worth now? I'm not saying you'd sell it, but I'm just saying you, what you've done with it and the story that's around it, and you know you you're an artist and yeah, like <laughs> that must that must be a crazy valuation right now. Well, that was really that was really my goal in the beginning. I thought music is a way for me to increase the value and make my crypto punk stand out. You know, um, now I'm just having fun and and I'm enjoying it, and I, I don't want to sell it anytime. But um, I'll share this with you because it's public. It's all on the blockchain. Anybody could look this up. I bought my crypto punk on February 23rd for 27 Ethereum. At that time, that was exactly $40,000, okay? Um, right now, I don't know the exact price, but the cheapest, the, the most affordable crypto punk is probably around like three or 400,000 US dollars because uh, they've just, they've appreciated in value a lot, you know, a lot, a lot. I can tell you this, I'm the first best and only crypto punk rapper in the history of the universe, you know. I'm the only crypto punk that has a song with the legend Bun B, you know. Uh, I'm the only crypto punk that has an album out. Um, I I don't know what. Yo 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 yo. Hold on, you're the only crypto punk to talk to DJ Semsex as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, I'm, bro, I'm appreciating in value with every word we speak together, you know? So wow. I don't I don't know the answer exactly, but I think that when it's all said and done years from now, if digital art, if digital art continues to become more popular, I think everything everything that you're documenting in this conversation and everything that we're doing with the music i think it's good we're going to look back and it's going to be very historic you know and i think that will add to the value of the uh crypto punk itself mm, interesting and you know what i'll tell you i'll tell you something else real quick <laughs> there there's another collection of nfts called the bored apes the bored ape yacht yeah, yeah, club yeah, yeah, i don't know yeah, if, you, yeah. if you heard of yeah, this yeah i saw that i saw i, I saw the, the band thing though i'm like that's you know exactly so that's what i was going to bring up uh universal music group they just signed uh four bored apes and they're going to make a band out of these four bored apes Timbaland, you know, the legendary producer, mm. he just launched he just launched a project or a company that's going to promote and do music for uh, artists that want to represent themselves as bored apes, you know, so. Right. And this, this is all in the last 24, 48 hours, you know, uh, so I think this trend is going to accelerate. I think it's going to intensify. I was inspired by bands like the Gorillas. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, artists like Mad Villain, somebody, somebody even mentioned Kiss recently, like Kiss used to, you know, of course they got all, they put yeah, on makeup, yeah, yeah. they did comic books, animated yeah. series. I think, I think in this digital uh, future, I think we're going to see more of it, you know? Mm -hmm. I hear that, I hear that. So you've got Digital Unlock and, you know, Dead Mouse does some incredible things like his whole image and everything else, and also Marshmallow. 
Um, Marshmallow's live show is insane. It's 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 crazy. Like, um, do you sell? Do you see yourself taking it live? Yeah, absolutely, man. No doubt. Um, so I do. I do virtual reality performances. So you can actually on my YouTube channel, you can see I did a thirty or twenty-five or thirty-minute uh, show in virtual reality. That's a lot of fun. You know, we go crazy. We, we do things in virtual reality that we can't do in real life. Right. Uh, but I also just did my first uh, in real life performance. I was in New York City, uh, did a show out there and I'm going to be in Miami for Art Basel uh, the first week of December. That's going to be my second live performance. But yeah, you know, I, I love to perform, man. When I was right. doing music back back in the day when I was doing music like that's the that's the best part to me. So I'm very excited to to be doing more live shows, you know, because it's very liberating. It's very liberating. I like to use the mask for like interviews and things like that, but it it it, it preserves some of the mystery, you know. But when we're when we're in a live setting, man, it's just me unfiltered and uh I really pride myself on the live show and I'm going to make sure that anybody that enjoys this digital presence that they get their money's worth at the live show as well so yo when you hit the uk and you know you need some other people in the bill hit me up man i'm there man bro <laughs> you know uh, I, i'm definitely gonna take you up on that and i appreciate that i i only doxed myself a few weeks ago i i put my real name out there very recently when i was in new york that that was the first time that i ever showed my face mm. so the live show before that it wasn't really something i was thinking too much about yeah, but yeah, now yeah. that i'm out here now now that i'm you know, out here, out here. It's, yeah. I definitely want, I want to put a tour together and I would yeah. love to get out there, man. That would be yeah. amazing. We're, we're going to make that happen. So recently, you know, there was an announcement from Mark Zuckerberg about the metaverse. And there's been variations of that. Like obviously the most, most obvious one at the moment is Fortnite and other things and stuff like that. But what he was talking about, it sounds kind of sinister, man. Like, he's just like, he just wants to... I mean, is, do you think that his version of the metaverse is going to take off or is there anything else which is on the horizon, like, which is more, I don't know, like, not as owned? <laughs> man, I'll be honest. I didn't watch his talk. Um, I, I should. I just haven't had time. I've been so busy. But... I am not. I'm not a big fan of Facebook. You know, uh, I think. I think it, the the idea of Facebook becoming the dominant virtual world is very dystopian to me. Yep. Um, it's all. It's all about data. You know, and we are the product. When you have a centralized company like Facebook creating a digital environment, I think it's very. I think it's very scary, actually. You know. So, but but. I'm very confident. I believe in the goodness of people. You know, mm. I believe especially like the people that are really good at software development and engineering and things like that. I think there's a lot of really good people in that world. And I think cryptocurrency, blockchain, 
I think it's in some ways it's going to save the world because it is creating incentives for those really smart people to promote technology that is decentralized, where the people, the people democratically can decide what is good for us and not just a few executives in a in an ivory tower, you know. So I think it's scary. I think about the movie Ready Player One, if you yeah, saw that movie. Yeah, 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 yeah where yeah. you know it's funny because they're talking about, you know, we can fit, you know, so many dozens of ads in the screen before the before the user starts to have a seizure or whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. that's what that's what they're thinking about at Facebook. You know, they're thinking about how much data they can collect and how many ads they can sell. It's the same thing with Spotify. You know, the whole music industry right now is tailored towards selling ad space on Spotify or selling ads on Spotify. But the smartest people in the world right now, in my opinion, they're working on software and, and uh, you know, developing engines that can power new digital experiences, new platforms where there where there is no Mark Zuckerberg, there is no central authority that makes decisions that that we all have to live with. But instead, you know, we as a people, we can decide if we like something or not and we can vote on it, you know, or we can walk away from it and go to another platform. So to answer your question, man, I need to study up on it more, but I don't yeah. trust Facebook. I think yeah. it sounds scary. But I also have hope, you know. I'm an optimist. You know, you know. For me, if it does go that way, I'm I'm happy to be the only person outside. More than happy. Like I walk the streets by myself. Yeah. I'm good. You know what I mean? Because I'm I'm not Absolutely. doing that. You know. Absolutely. Well, that's the other thing. Look, the human need and the human desire for face to face interaction and human contact and touch and dapping somebody up, giving somebody a hug, that will never die. That will never go away, you know? So um, like even with music, the live show, the live show will never be replaced by virtual reality, you know? In my opinion, it's just a new lane. And for an artist, it's just a new way to, to interact with your fans and to reach fans across oceans, you know, like we're doing right now. Um, and I think every artist is going to need to have a strategy for that, but you still better be able to rock a microphone on a stage. You know, that's yeah, not going yeah. away. It's yeah. not going out of style. I hear that. All right. Crazy question. Have, have you been approached by labels? I have not been approached directly by like label executives or people mm -hmm. really. I've been approached by people that are partnered with labels or people that are uh, partnered with or managers of label artists, things like that. Um, but, you know, I think the labels, they know what I'm up to, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm sure they've done their research enough to know that I'm not really interested, you know, because um, I talk a lot about how the music industry is infested with middlemen. You know, you have the... You have the artist managers, you have the business managers, mm. you have the booking agents, you have the record labels, you have the publishers, and none of them can write a song, you know, none of them can rock a microphone, but whenever they find somebody that can, 
They got their hands out. They're reaching in their pockets. And that's why, you know, we as a culture, we accept and we expect musicians to give us the soundtrack of our lives, to give us the anthems for our highest highs and to help us get through our lowest lows. But we are totally comfortable with those artists ending up broke, on the street, addicted to drugs, destitute, in jail or worse. You know, we're totally cool with it. And this new wave, this new digital wave, and especially NFTs, I believe it's going to help artists reclaim what should be what should be theirs anyways. And we're going to be able to cut out a lot of these middlemen and expose how little value most of them provide, you know, um, because right now, like I said, the the music industry is designed to sell ads on Spotify. And that's why artists have this definition of success where they believe they need millions of fans. They believe they need to sell out a world tour, sell out arenas to be successful. But really, if you can cut out all the middlemen and if you can figure out how to monetize your music, not your MP3s, but monetize your music, then all of a sudden you can eat and you can support yourself with a few hundred fans, you know, and that is super powerful. That's crazy. It's it's mind everything you're saying is it's a real it's a real education. Like it's it's fascinating to see the evolution. And of course, you know, it's within hip hop that this happens first. I, I don't know if any other genre's done this. I'm not aware of it. I haven't seen it, but as far as I know, you're the first artist that's doing this like this. So it's it's dope to see. With that being said, do I put this interview on YouTube or do we turn it into an NFT? <laughs> man, I, <laughs> that's such a good question, man. That's such a great question. Me personally, I would do both. You know, yeah. I, I I do not like Spotify, but all of my music is on Spotify. All of my music is on Apple Music. It's all on Tidal. It's all on iTunes. Um, because to me, it's a it's a necessary evil because I want everybody to be able to hear the music right so i'm i'm gonna put my music on every corner of the internet and then i'm gonna figure out how my nfts can deliver more value and more utility than just being able to listen so if i was doing a video content i would put the video wherever people can watch video yeah. And then I would figure out I would figure out how can I through an NFT, how can I give them something more than the ability to just watch the video? You know, and I think that's the challenge for artists, because NFTs are much more powerful than just sending a media file, you know. So it's like, how do I how do I use this new technology to deliver something that I could never deliver before? And the video, the video really just becomes the token or the symbol that this came from DJ Semtex, you know? Crazy. Fascinating. Crazy. Well, look, listen, I, I, I really appreciate you taking the time out to do this. Um, this is, um, yeah, this is dope. Really, really dope. So thank you. And 
Yo, anytime, anytime, you know, is is you doing anything out here in the UK? We should definitely connect. Bro, thank you so much, man. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I, I want to thank anybody that sees this video. You know, I love the. I, I've I've had the pleasure to be to the UK a few times. I want to get out there as Spotty, so I, I hope that I can make that happen soon. And I just really appreciate the opportunity, man, because um, I think this is probably my first intercontinental interview. I did some interviews with people in Canada, but I think this might be my first one across the ocean. And I, I really, I, I appreciate the love, man. Thank you. Well, it's dope. I did, I did Drake's first UK interview, Kendrick's first UK wow. interview, um, J. Cole's first UK interview. Like, I do it. Kanye West, everyone. Like, it's, it's like, wow. Yeah. So that's love, man. It Thank continues. You. It's cool, man. All right, well, listen, man, it's good luck. And I'm going to try get involved, you know, on the 15th. And yo, man, keep doing your thing, man. Thank you, brother. And keep in touch. If you have any questions, anybody who sees this and wants to learn more, find me on Twitter, at Spotty Wi-Fi. There's a link to my Discord, and I'm in there all the time. And I hope I get to speak with y'all. All right, cool, man. All right, thank you. Thanks a lot. Peace.